0: So take your notes here, and we're going to read. The guys are going to bring my pulpit to me, I think. Um, Come on, Tiny. Um, Look at this with me. Um, I want you to notice this box on the page. This is 3 John. The entire book of the Bible is in this box. And as we look at this box, as we see this, we're going to see three guys that are mentioned. And I want you to circle that as we go. Thank you. Um, And as we uh, run, I want us to see how... Third John is about supporting the work of the gospel. Notice in Third John verse 1, it says the elder. Now who is the elder here? This is the apostle John. So maybe make a little arrow out there and a note off to the side, John is the one writing this. It is the apostle the apostle John, the elder to beloved Gaius whom I love in truth. So he's writing to a guy named Gaius. Notice verse 2. Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. We see this very heartfelt desire that he's doing well and that he's not only has health, but he also in his soul and his heart that he's doing well. Look at verse 3. For I rejoiced greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth. So the idea is that he's walking in the truth. As indeed you are walking in the truth, look at verse 4, and let's read it out loud. John writing of Gaius, let's read verse 4. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Now look what he says in verse 5. Beloved, it is a faithful thing that you do in all your efforts for these brothers. Circle that, these brothers. We're going to see who they are. Strangers as they are. You don't even know them, but you're doing good to them. Look at verse 6. Who testified to your love before the church. So these guys had told John, man, Gaius and his people have taken care of us. Look at the next part of verse 6 you do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God. For they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Verse eight, therefore we ought to support people like these that we may be fellow workers for the truth. Look at verse nine. I have written something to the church, but diatrophies... Diophrophes, who likes to put himself first, first, does not acknowledge our authority. So if I come, I will bring up what he is doing, talking wicked nonsense about us, and not content that with that, excuse me, and not content with that, he refuses to welcome the brothers and also stops those who want to and puts them out of the church. So that verse 9 and 10 talks about a gentleman that is opposing, supporting missionaries. Look at the next part in verse 11. Beloved, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Whatever, or whoever does good is from God. Whoever does evil has not seen God. But Demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone. And from the truth itself, we also add our testimony, and you know that our testimony is true. Verse 13 is the conclusion. I had much to write to you, but I would rather not write with pen and ink. I hope to see you soon, and we will talk face to face. Peace be to you. The friends greet you. Greet the friends each by name. So there's a whole book of the Bible, it's a letter, it's a letter written to an individual, and this is the perfect passage for a mission support trip report. Look, number one, and notice this with me. Again, the Apostle John was, was who was with Jesus for his entire earthly ministry, he walked with Jesus all the way through. He wrote five books of the Bible, the Gospel of John, the letters of John, 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John. We're studying 3 John right now. And he also wrote the book of Revelation. John writes to a guy, number two, John writes to a guy named Gaius who was apparently helping traveling missionaries. Fill that in, traveling missionaries who were passing through their area of Asia or Western Turkey, really regular Turkey, I mean, the, the, whole, the whole thing of modern Turkey. Now, notice this as well, that John mentions three men in his letter. He mentions Gaius, a righteous man, the recipient of this letter who supports missionaries. And he also mentions Diotrophes, a Unrighteous man who rejects missionaries, and he mentions Demetrius, a righteous man worthy of emulating. I think one of the things that we want to notice at the beginning of this letter is notice how truth and love are in the intro of this letter just as it was in the intro of 2 John. We spent a lot of time on that a few weeks ago. We talked about the fact that the truth is central to everything, and John is making that point even here. And you notice that if you were to go through and circle every time the word truth is used in this little letter, you would see it over and over and over again. The truth is important, but not just the truth, but also love. Truth without love is just harsh because we're sinners in need of a Savior. But when we factor in the issue of God's love and our love for one another, the truth becomes sweet to us. Notice here with me whom I love in the verse one, whom I love in the truth, verse two, that your peace may be, that you may have good health and as that it goes well with your soul. This is a loving thing, um, that there's a great care for them. Now look at verses three and four. For I rejoice greatly that you are what? Walking in the truth. And then at the end of verse four, look what he says. No greater joy than to hear that my children are what? Walking in the truth. When I um, was a brand new uncle, um, my brother and his wife uh, had their first child, which is the first grandchild in our whole family. Um, That's Grace Coleman. She's now 30 years old. I remember that I went up to see uh, Mark and Janine in Memphis, Tennessee after Grace was born. And above her crib, my brother had printed out Verse 4. And above her crib, the first time I ever saw Grace, the first time I ever held her, I was standing there holding her by that crib, and I read on the wall a printout, and it said this I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. What a tremendous vision for your child from the very beginning! What an important priority. In fact, we live in a day and time when even Christians very often have many other priorities. But the truth may not be the highest priority. Many Christians have the priority of my kid being well-adjusted socially. I'm so concerned that he's well-adjusted socially. I'm so concerned that he has friends. Some may have the great concern that he knows how much I love him. And, and how much I care for him, maybe has the great concern that it, he has a career as he gets older. My greatest concern is that he can be self-sustaining or she can be self-supporting. There's many people that are very concerned about, does everybody, what does everybody else think about my child? There's many people who obsess about, is my child athletic enough? Are they going to, maybe the greatest concern is, are they going to get a scholarship for college? And so we, we obsess about some of these things. Are, is there academics? Are they learning enough? Are, is their academic life strong enough? My friends, those things can very often eclipse the most important concern that you can have for your child. The question is, Does your child walk in the truth? The thing that we pray about the most, that we hope for the most, is does your child? So, my question to you, a very important question, you can fill this in. What is the greatest concern that you have regarding your children? What is the greatest concern that you have regarding your children? Is it a college scholarship? Is it a sports scholarship? Is it an academic scholarship? Is it friends? Is it all of these other things? I want to ask you, do you have the priority that says if he just walks in the truth? How about this next one? I want us to see this section about these brothers. Look at the text at the top of the page. It's our next set of verses. Beloved, it's a faithful thing that you do in all your efforts for these brothers strangers as they are who testified to your love before the church you do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God for they have gone out for the sake of the name accepting nothing from the gentiles therefore we ought to support people like these that they may be fellow that we may be fellow workers for the truth. First of all, these brothers that are gone out are missionaries. Fill that in. They're missionaries sent out most likely by John and other churches that came through Gaius's area. but they are missionaries that are sent out in their area. And what he's saying here, number one, you can see this, is supporting missionaries is a really good thing to do. We see that in verse 5. Look what it says. It's a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers. And then look at verse 6. Read that in verse 6 there, how I've quoted underneath that point. Let's read it out loud. Look what he says. You do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God. You see, this is a really good thing to do. So how do we support them? How do we do this? And letter A, we care for them. We actually care for them, that our heart is involved with them, and we care for them when they're at home, and we care for them when they're overseas. Letter B, if you care for them, pray for them. That We pray for them. We're told throughout the Scripture to pray that God would work through his people. In Colossians 4.3, the Apostle Paul says, pray that God would open a door for us. So he's asking a group of Christians To pray for, he's asking the Colossian Christians, would you pray for us, he's a missionary, would you pray for us that we would be able to have an open door for the gospel? So we're called to pray for missionaries. Letter C, we pay for them. We need to pay for them. How do we pay for them? We pay for them in our weekly tithe. We pay for them in our Christmas offering. The Lottie Moon Christmas offering is a very big deal around here. And we give, I mean, this last year, we gave about $100,000 when it was all added up. And we, we have special projects like this one. This project costs several thousand dollars um, to pull off um, tens and tens of thousands of dollars for us to provide this experience for them. So we pay for those who are working for the sake of the gospel. Letter D, we join them in short-term projects. Maybe you might go and join our missionary teams for one week or maybe a few months. We just had Justin return this last week. He returned from one mission trip and he went out on this mission trip. We'll hear a little bit from him next week. But Justin spent a couple of months in Europe Um, handing gospel gospel tracts and Bibles to Muslims along with a whole team. With our long-term missionaries there, he was a short-term project missionary. Look at letter E. We join them for medium-length assignments. That's maybe a one to two year assignment. I've seen many people that are college students or graduate from high school, take a gap year or graduate from college and take a year before they go overseas, maybe take two years and they go and with the IMB it's called becoming a journeyman and the journeyman go out and they'll go out for up to two years. We used to have something called ISC, um, International Service Corps. And those people would go out, maybe while they're still working on their seminary degree, and they would go and spend one or two or three years overseas. We'd had a lot of those team members when we were overseas, and they were very helpful. Maybe you would consider that. And it's not just for young people finishing high school or college. It also can be for seniors even, for legacy adults that have retired, they have time. I have a dear friend who was a professor at University of North Florida in a. In, uh, uh, Jacksonville. He retired from his work and he and his wife moved to England and they set up a language school for, for uh, people from the Middle East. That language school opened the door to share the gospel with Muslims from the Middle East who were needing to learn to speak English. And so that began many, many gospel shares. That began many, many opportunities for the missionaries that were there. Well, this professor used his experience in education to set up a school for that. So that would be a medium-length assignment. What about letter F? We join them for long-term or career assignments. And this is when we go for decades. This is when we go perhaps for the rest of your life, for the rest of your working life. And we see, and that's, that's most of what we were um, supporting this last week. Here's another way that you can assist and support ministries. Look at letter G. We assist their access platform. We assist their access platform. Because many of our missionaries are working in areas that are closed to missionaries, but not closed perhaps to an engineer, not closed perhaps to a business person, not closed perhaps to a medical person. And so there are there are either businesses that are set up or NGOs that are set up. Notice what is an NGO? What does that stand for? A non-governmental organization. That's like a humanitarian aid. So they might say, nope, we don't want any missionaries, but we'll take humanitarian aid. And so we go to help them with those needs, but we are still there. Maybe it's consulting. Maybe it's tourism. I was in a tourism business. Um, that's what we did and it was very legitimate it was a good business it was it was a uh, a real reason for us to be there it wasn't a lie at all it was a it was a very legitimate way to help some people go and use sports i have a whole group of friends that use basketball that use uh, american football that use baseball for the sake of the gospel in places where those sports don't exist. And that gives the opportunity to share the gospel. All kinds of education. What about food supplies? Did you know that right now when you give to BGR, your money is being supplied to help feed people in Afghanistan? Even though the Taliban has taken over Afghanistan, the Taliban called up and said, hey, weren't you the food people? Can you help us? Now, it's not really the Taliban in that regard, but it's the millions of starving people there. Well, it's right that we go and we help the people that are under that horrible oppression so they don't starve to death. And we're being invited to do that, and we're able to share that food in the name of Jesus. What a beautiful platform. What a beautiful opportunity. We have people that drill water wells all over. You know, water is a real problem for much of the developing world. And so we have teams that go out with huge drilling rigs that, that churches have bought. And they go to a village that doesn't have clean water. And they go and they take several guys from Sheridan Hills Baptist Church or some other Baptist church. And they go there and they spend weeks drilling some wells. So those people can have clean water. And as they do that, what do they do? They share the gospel. And what a beautiful witness that that is for the sake of the gospel. Medical things. Right now, we're dealing with a a team in North Africa that needs doctors. They need doctors not just to go, but they need doctors here at home that will help support them. They're doing some very interesting things. And um, it's a a really great opportunity where doctors can lend their expertise and lend their credentials to a a very legitimate business for the sake of the gospel. Um, So notice this next statement, your expertise, your expertise, your vocation, your credentials can greatly help their their platform. You don't have to leave to become a missionary. Now, some of you may be being called to leave and go become a missionary, to leave your vocation and do that. We know many, many of our workers on the field, they left a veterinary practice or they left an engineering firm or they left a law firm or they left a school. They they left being at a university and they became missionaries. Sometimes God leads us to do that, but sometimes God uses what you've already got for the sake of of access for long-term workers. Well, letter H is what we've just been talking about at the beginning of this message. We take care of their kids. We take care of their kids physically. There's sometimes when people have gone overseas and they've said this missionary is working on something very important and they need childcare help. We've had young people go and say, I'm gonna take care of this guy's kids, this guy and gal's kids for two months. Or some have said, I'm gonna go help take care of their kids a year just so that the burden is lighter and so that this couple can do what they need to do um, as I help care for their small children. Or maybe it's a meeting like we've just participated in. Um, we care for their kids. And let me tell you, it means an awful lot to a missionary when someone cares for their kids. That helps them immensely and that encourages them greatly. Number two, notice this. How else do we support them? Number two, sometimes we know them. And we see this in verse 5. It says strangers as they are. Sometimes we don't know them. So there are missionaries that we support and help that we know. I mean, I think about um, people in this church, and I could start naming names, but I'm not going to do that because some of them work in very secure areas. Um, But there's families that come out of this church. You guys know them, and we, we know them personally. But you know what? Notice this next graphic. The IMB, which is the International Mission Board that we support, we have 3,850 missionaries. And we have all of their kids on the field. Now, there's no way Sheridan Hills can know all those missionaries. And so we give to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, we give to the cooperative program. This morning when you give, a portion of what you give will wind up at the IMB. And we give generously to that Even though we don't know all of them, we are supporting this well-oiled machine that helps get people to the remotest parts of the earth. This makes sense. This makes great sense. So sometimes we know them, sometimes we don't know them. Look at number three. We should support missionaries generously. We should do this generously. Look what he says in verse six, in the the second part of the verse. He says, you do well to send them on their journey, circle it, in a manner worthy of God. That means generously. How has God given to you? God has given given to you generously. He gave you his one and only son. God did not hold anything back. When he gives to us, he comes and he abundantly provides for us. Well, just as God is a generous giver, he calls his people to become generous givers. Are you becoming a generous giver? I hope that you're becoming a generous giver. You can't outgive God. As you shovel out, he shovels in, and he's got a bigger shovel than you. So I just want to encourage you to learn to give generously. And when it comes to our supportive mission work, if we will give generously, God will bless that in powerful ways. You see, our generosity should be great. Fill that in. The amount counts. It actually matters. Number two, our generosity should be genuine. We ought to really give for the right reasons we, we, we shouldn't give stintingly or we shouldn't give so other people would know. It needs to be authentic giving to God. Number three, we see our generous generosity should be glad. Do you remember what the Scripture says? For the Lord loves a cheerful giver. The Lord loves a cheerful, not a begrudging giver, not somebody that says, yeah, well, God ought to be proud of me on this one. Here we go. And I guess I'm going to wipe that thing out and, or, you know, whatever it is, you know. Um, and, you know, give gladly. Give cheerfully. That's whom God loves. And so the picture is this. It's not that we all give an equal amount, but the idea is, is that we all sacrifice. It's not equal gifts, but it's equal sacrifice. There's some in this room um, who are quite wealthy, and they can give a lot more than someone in this room who's very poor but the poor person doesn't use that as an excuse the poor person is going to give as much as they can in sacrifice and you know what a wealthy person should give as much as they can in sacrifice it should be a sacrifice for all of us doesn't matter the actual amount in that regard what matters is our willingness to sacrifice so Our generosity should be great and genuine and glad, and that means the amount matters, the authenticity matters, the attitude matters. Number four, we should support missionaries because we love Christ, and we see that in chapter seven, or in verse seven, the first part of it. Look what it says. For they have gone out, these brothers have gone out for the sake of the name. And when it talks about the name, they're talking about the name of Christ. And so when we love Christ, the the picture is, is that, hey, they've gone out for Christ, the same Jesus that saved you, and so we embrace that. We do it because we love Christ. Look at number five. We should support missionaries because it's good strategy. You say, what do you mean by that, it's good strategy? Well, look at verse seven. It says, for they accept nothing from the Gentiles. Here's the idea It's very helpful if when someone shows up to a village or shows up to a city that they're not asking for the people who they're preaching to or sharing with. They're not asking them for money. They're not asking them for support. They're freely offering the gospel. And they can freely offer the gospel because they themselves have sacrificed. And listen to this. Because their friends, their Christian friends back home are sacrificing. And so they give so those people can work to present the gospel asking nothing in return. Does that make sense? It, you know, we, we see plenty of charlatans around in this day and time. We see plenty of very, very verbose preachers who set up shop. I just read about one in Colorado yesterday He's, he's been convicted of numerous crimes uh, involving sexuality, involving drugs, and involving money laundering. He had a church of 10,000 in California, excuse me, in Colorado, and he's been through three churches in the last 20 years, establishing them, and all the while seeking money. Now, we don't want to be associated with that mentality We don't want our missionaries to be associated with that kind of false gospel and that kind of confusion between money and the gospel. What we want is for our missionaries to be able to go and preach the gospel with us supporting them so they're not asking for anything in return. Does that make sense? That's the reason we ought to give. That's the reason your printing job, or your plumbing job, or your teaching job, that's the reason your home job that, that you do from home or in your professional office is very wonderfully able to be supportive of good strategy. Look at letter six, or number six. We should support ministry, missionaries so we may join their work. You see, that we may become fellow workers for the truth. This is when you, when you give to them, you join them. You see, when you join in their work, you join in bringing God glory and receiving His reward. It is a valid thing that when you give, you're joining their work, and God knows that, and God sees that, and God will reward that. That is not prosperity gospel. That is simply the gospel. That is true. And He says it throughout His Word. Look at the next section very quickly as we finish up here. The last page, 3 John, verses 1, 9 through 10. It's very interesting. Not everybody was supporting. Um, Diotrephes was not supporting. Look what he says here. I have written something to the church, but Diotrephes, who likes to put himself first, does not acknowledge our authority. So if I come, I will bring up what he is doing. And so what is he doing? talking wicked nonsense about us. So this Diotrephes guy is speaking bad about the Apostle John, which is a very bad idea. But notice the next part here. And he's not content with that. He refuses to welcome the brothers. That's the missionaries. He refuses to welcome the brothers and also stops those who want to, who want to welcome them, and puts them out of the church. And so he's saying, anybody want to support the missionaries? You're next to be thrown out of the church. I mean, this guy is an evil guy. Notice this with me and fill it in. Notice Diotrephes. Diotrephes is a selfish church leader who thwarted mission efforts. Hell's going to be hot. I mean, that's, a, that's the wrong thing to do. He's a selfish church leader who thwarted mission efforts, and John is having to deal with him. And notice this notice that this is on a wider basis. This is Satan's effort to stop mission work. And sometimes this happens through false believers in the church, which is what we see here. Here's false believers in the church trying to stop mission work. And I can tell you that that's that's alive and well across even Southern Baptist life at different points. How about this? Sometimes it's through immature believers. So they're not false believers, but they're immature believers. These are the people who would come up to me when I was getting ready to go overseas with my precious wife and my two little girls, and they would say to me, I can't believe you're doing this. I just can't believe that you're doing this. You're taking them to North Africa? Are you nuts? Have you not read the thing? I mean, there were people who said that. There was somebody that I respect a great deal in many ways, um, actually a family member, who said to me, there's plenty of lost people here. Why would you do that? I mean, not realizing that here, you've got four different radio stations, you have churches on every corner. You, you could go through any neighborhood and find believers scattered through any... Be- the gospel is all around us, whether you realize it or not, even in South Florida, in comparison to the way the gospel is in Casablanca or in Algiers or in Tunis or in any number of major cities where there are no believers very often. And so it can be immature believers who stand in the way of the gospel going out. But sometimes, and very often, Satan's efforts come through pagans that are outside the church. And there's a lot of different ways in which pagans can seek to thwart the mission of the church. It's sometimes a government that seeks to say, no, you're not allowed to come in, or we're going to harass you. Sometimes it's bandits, um, in fact, where we lived um, the great danger was really bandits, There was lawlessness, as, uh, they, would, they would seek to come and stop you almost like a, just a, a local tribal warfare type thing where they, they're trying to stop that. Sometimes it's fundamentalists. From opposing religions. We often think of Islam or Hindu or some of the others where these are the purists and they don't want Christians sharing the gospel, and so they will come and seek to really intervene, and that's very much the case sometimes. How about that last one? This is a big one, witchcraft. We see this in the New Testament. We see that there were different witchcraft issues, issues of the occult coming against the apostle Peter, and also coming against the Apostle Paul as they would preach the gospel. And that's alive and well in this day and time too. Many of our missionaries deal um, not with the enemies that they can see face to face, but the enemies that cannot be seen, and it's a very powerful struggle that is there. So, so we notice that Satan is working against that. I, I want you to, as I, as I was thinking about this, this section in the box there on the top of the page, I was thinking about <laughs> 2,000 years of Diotrephes' bad reputation. Can you imagine going down in the annals of church history for 2,000 years with this accusation? Look what it is. Diotrephes was prideful and selfish. Look what it says out there to the right. He liked to to what? Put himself first. So he's selfish and he's prideful. How about this one? Diotrephes was rebellious. He does not acknowledge our authority, is what John writes. He refuses John's authority. How about the next one? Diotrephes was a slanderer. He was talking wicked nonsense about us, John would write. So he's a slanderer. Diotrephes was, an, it was um, inhospitable. You can get rid of the A. He was inhospitable. So he, he refuses to welcome the brothers, the missionaries. And then notice this one, Diotrephes was abusive. He was abusive. So what does he do? He stops those who want to help the brothers, and he even puts them out of the church. So this is an abusive, false teacher that John would so often be writing against. Totally the wrong mentality and the wrong attitude. But not everybody around them was that way. The next section of Scripture mentions Demetrius. And so look at this transition verse in verse 11. In verse 11, we, trans- we, we transition from Diotrephes to Demetrius. So look what it says. Beloved, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Whoever does good is what? From God. And whoever does, not, whoever does evil has what? not seen God. So what is he saying here? He's saying Diotrephes hasn't seen God, but Demetrius, he's seen God. Now, what may be happening here is the apostle John is writing to Gaius and saying, Gaius, don't follow Diotrephes. Instead, follow Demetrius. I want you to see this in these verses. Notice that Demetrius is a man with a good reputation. And perhaps he's perhaps the carrier of the letter, perhaps Or perhaps he's someone that is being positioned to possibly lead the church when they get rid of this false teacher, Diotrephes. Um, So John is writing, and he's saying, and look what he says about this guy. This is what you want to be said about you. He is known by everyone to be true. So he has a good reputation. By the way, look what it says in verse 12. Demetrius has received a what? A good, are you all there t- this morning? Come on, well, a couple more minutes. We, has received a what? A good testimony from who? Okay, so here's a man that's above reproach. Here's a man that has a good reputation. And look at this he has received a good testimony and from the truth itself, which means he lines up with the truth. Now, that's most important. Doesn't matter what everybody else thinks, so long as you're right with the truth. But here, notice this as well. We also add our testimony. So the Apostle John is saying with he and his buddies, he's saying, we also say to you that our testimony is true of him. You know that our testimony is true, and we are saying that Demetrius is somebody that is worth following. And so notice this, that John's call is to be careful who you follow. Don't follow Diotrephes. Instead, follow Demetrius. Now, what's interesting in this as well is I I think that this is cool. The end of this little letter, which is verses 13, 14, and 15, is very similar to the end of the letter that we studied last week. It's very similar to the end of 2 John. Notice with me and see if some of this brings back memories from last week. Look at verse 13. I had much to write to you, but I would rather not write with pen and ink. I hope to see you soon, and we will what? Talk face to face. -face. Underline that. We'll talk face to face. And then in verse 15, he says, peace be to you. The friends greet you. Greet the friends, and then circle this last part, each by name, okay? Notice the similarity from from the conclusion of 2 John last week. First of all, we see the importance of face to face fellowship, face to face worship, and face to face conversation. This is very important. And I I just want to take this moment to say, for those of you that are watching online, I'm really glad that you're watching online. If you live in the area, we want to invite you to come here to be with us face to face if you can at all do that. If you can at all do that, we want you to come and be with us because there's so much that is happening here that you can't get from watching. If you agree with that statement, would you please applaud right now? <laughs> This church family wants you to be here. So we just invite you. Maybe you need to make the break. Maybe you need to overcome some fears. Maybe you need to just kind of do whatever. It is. Now, if you're a long way away, we, um, we are glad that you're watching. We hope that you're able to go to a local church where you are that would also teach the Bible. And we invite you to continue to watch with us and to grow with us. But we would invite you to go to a local church where you can be face-to-face and have real life-on-life relationship with Christ. We believe that that's important. Now, the second thing I want you to notice is this. See the blessing of peace amidst much turmoil. Now, this statement in verse 15 at the beginning is not just a little byline. Peace be to you. No, listen. Gaius probably did not have a lot of peace when it came to these issues. Obviously, we've, been, we've just described an extremely carnal guy who's in charge of the church, and Diotrephes is having to deal with that, and Demetrius is on the scene, and so this, there's no telling what turmoil is there. And some of you have been through chur- turmoil in a church, and that, it can be like a divorce. It can be like a war. It can be, it's, it can be heart-wrenching. And so for those of you who have kind of been through that or, or maybe in your own family or whatever, I just want you to see that the Apostle John is giving a very important statement here. He's saying, peace be to you. He's saying, I hope this for you. I wish this for you. I pray this for you. And maybe he's saying, you need to realize that God's peace is in the midst of this. That's a very important statement for us to make to one another when there's trouble. Amen? We need the peace of God. And so he says, so I write, see the blessings of peace amidst much turmoil. The last one I want you to see here, look at the verse in verse 15. Peace be to you. The friends greet you. Greet the friends. And then what's the last phrase there? Each Each by name. Do you know that that's kind of what I see here? Notice the screen. See... The importance of. Some people say, Pastor, does it say in the Bible we have to wear name tags? Yes! <laughs> Greet one another by name, love one another truly, get to know one another. Don't allow American individualism to keep you from one another. Join a koinonia dinner from one another. Join a koinonia dinner Wednesday night. Go and join into Starting Point. Become a member of the church. Submit yourself to the family of Christ. Love one another and grow in Him. Amen? Please stand together as we pray. Father in heaven, this morning, we thank you for the privilege of being involved with the gospel. Thank you for the privilege of helping preach the gospel around the world. Thank you that there are kids that are now on flights headed back into some of the remotest, most difficult parts of the world that have been encouraged by one another and encouraged by our team. Lord, thank you for the privilege of being able to sacrifice our money in our time, in our energy for this purpose. Thank you, Lord. We ask for your blessings upon those families. We pray, oh, Father God, that those kids that are walking with you would just be truly growing and encouraged by what they've heard. And Lord, I pray about those kids that have not yet come to faith in you, those who maybe are struggling with what they believe. Father, how I pray that your spirit would be causing their spirit to confess Christ. Lord, I pray that they would see that you are good. I pray that they would see that you are true. And Lord, we pray for those precious parents that are seeking to guide these kids. Lord, we pray that you would give them wisdom and grace and patience. And Lord, we pray that you would give them great joy as they see their children walk in the truth. And so, Lord, thank you. Thank you for the privilege of supporting missionaries. I pray that our church, we get better and better at that. Lord, I pray that those in this room that are saying, man, I want to do that sometime. I want to go join a short-term project. Or what would it be like for me to give two years as a journeyman? Or how about in my retirement years, that I would look for a project that the IMB is offering that I could go and help? Lord, I pray for those too that are feeling the call to leave it all, to leave behind even a vocation and a career here to pursue it somewhere else for the sake of the gospel, for those who have never heard the gospel, for those who are waiting on someone to come and to tell them that a Savior has died and risen again that they may live. Lord, we pray for this. We pray that you would do a great work as we look forward to obeying all that you have commanded in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you sing together, not I, but through Christ and me? You may be seated. We're going to let you go in just a moment. What glorious truth we've just sung, yet not I, but through Christ in me. Starting point begins on September 11th. That's right around the corner. I want to encourage you if you've not signed up for that, you're thinking about possibly joining the church, I want to encourage you to come and learn what that's all about, what we're all about. It is a wonderful time of learning and being able to be with the pastors. Number two, Sunday seminars, um, August 7th through the 28th, the book of Ecclesiastes and the book of Ephesians. If you've never been to a Sunday seminar, come sign up for that. Why do we want you to sign up for that? So that we have the right room. We need to know how many people are coming. And we need to have the right amount of materials for you. So these seminars are fantastic. They're taught by gifted Bible teachers. And I just want to encourage you, take advantage of this summertime. Some of you are new to the church. Jump in. Come at 8.30 for coffee. That's called uh, Fresh Brew. Um, And they have a little snack out there. And then... Uh, We dive in, study the Word, right at 9 o'clock. Please don't be late for your growth group. Don't be late for seminars. Jesus rose from the dead. You can get out of bed. So remember, Sunday is the Lord's day. So just get up with joy in your heart and be on time. Know that this service does not start at 11 o'clock. Some of you didn't know that. Um, Just want to encourage you lovingly. The service starts at 10.30. And so I want to encourage you to be here at 10.30, be ready to go each Sunday. Um, The next Lunch Bunch is Tuesday, August 2nd. That is this Tuesday. And it's at Piccadilly Restaurant over on Hollywood Boulevard. Our legacy adults generally populate that lunch, but anyone is welcome to join them. There's a devotional that's shared. It's a very sweet and rich time, a bunch of people getting together for lunch over there. Um, hosted by our legacy adults. And Mr. Riley, Jack Riley, um, often brings a devotion. Promotion Sunday is next Sunday, so some of the kids are going to be moving up. Children and students are moving up a grade level. P- please be aware of that and pay attention to any messages you get this week about that. Our back-to-school prep is still going on. We're getting ready for that 184 ki- or 584 kids, and uh, we need your help. Um, if you'd like to help, just send an email to info at and the team will get back to you and find out when you're available and you can come and help us. The bookstore is open. If you don't have a good copy of God's Word, I want to encourage you to get one. Um, and there, there's also great summer reading for all ages, kids and on up. Great time for you to be reading great and important stuff. Don't forget to give. I want to encourage you to give and give generously. Today is our fifth Sunday, and fifth Sundays only happen four times a year. Uh, it's when there's five Sundays in a, in a month. And I just want to call your attention to our budget is calling for us to give $34,000 a week. And uh, we've not been exactly hitting that all the time. I want to encourage you to give and to give generously, even in the summertime. Summertime is often kind of tough because we're out of town some But today is Fifth Sunday. If you've missed a little bit, I want to encourage you to give. Pay attention to that. Help us to meet the needs of the life of the church. Amen? Let's stand together as I pray and uh, we go. Father, we do thank you for your goodness. We thank you for so generously giving to us that we may in turn give glory to you and that we may give the gospel to others. Lord, I pray that we'd leave this place energized, ready to live this week, for you. Lord, I pray that you would help us to to leave sin behind and the sin that so easily entangles us. I pray that we just get tired of that, leave that behind, and take on to the righteousness of Christ more and more. Make us holy, Lord. Get us ready for heaven, I pray. May we be living for you in these days. In the wonderful name of Jesus, everyone said, Amen. Amen. amen.